pondering this verse uh, it's kind of been quickening me recently out of uh, the, the psalmist David said in uh, Psalms chapter 122, he said, I was glad, I was happy, I was excited when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. I believe that that's going to begin to happen like never before. People that have finally felt a restriction from that are gonna wake up and realize, wow, I have not been to the house of God. And I think it will reverberate beyond just people that have been in church before, but people that maybe used to be in, but now recognize that we all need, uh, we all need the body of Christ. He never made any of us to be lone rangers. And if we try to uh, live our life as a believer disconnected, which is part of what water baptism is really about, you get baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, you're, you're taking on that new name, the family name. And, it's a, and that's why it is so important. It's a literal thing that takes place. And so it's an exciting thing and an exciting day for uh, those that stepped into that today. When you uh, came in, unless you snuck in the side door, you should have gotten one of these cards. Does anybody not get one of these this morning? If I could get the ushers maybe ready. Anybody not get one of these? Okay, oh, a couple over here. Um, this is, uh, actually Jonathan put this together. We were talking this week and he says, why don't we put an Arise Challenge together? And so he put this together for us so we could take us, take it with us and hopefully put it someplace where we can remember to, uh, to follow it, to, to really uh, begin to create a fresh relationship with the Lord each and every day. Um, and we went through this card last week, but I felt like I wanted to just kind of emphasize a couple of them a little bit more this week. And, uh, and, we, and so that's what we're going to kind of do. We're going to kind of fly through the first ones and then... I'm going to slow down for the last two that I had, that I rushed through last week, and just maybe expound upon them, and really stir our hearts up toward this. And and the the title of the message is Arise. It's time. It's time for us to arise into the things of God. And I put this statement down last week. While many are looking just to survive, uh, we are all called to arise. We're called to arise now, and it's time for the church to really do that. And, and it's an exciting time and, and to, to step into a time that Esther had revealed to her through her uncle Mordecai. Her uncle Mordecai came to her and said, hey, Esther, God has positioned you with the king, and now this is what I think you need to do. And the statement that he made to her is, who knows <laughs> that you were made for such a time as this. And can I say this to each and every one of you sitting here this morning and those of you online, you were obviously made for such a time as this. You're here today. You have everything it takes to do what we need to do as the body of Christ, the church. We have everything we need to do that. We've been equipped for this day. When your heavenly father made you in your mother's womb, as the psalmist said, he shaped you for this day. And so you're well able to do it. And there's nothing that's going to be too difficult to stop that except for just you. You're the only one that can stop it. And so let's just pray uh, and ask the Holy Spirit to open up the eyes of our understanding this morning in his word. Father, thank you today for your goodness, your loving kindness. 
I pray for everyone, Lord, even those online, that the anointing just breaks through the airwaves and just right into their homes. God, and just fills them up because you want every house to be filled, not just the house of God, but you want all of our houses to be filled with your anointing and your presence. So we pray this morning that you would open up the eyes of our understanding. Uh, Lord, where there is a lack of understanding, a need of understanding, God, I pray today you just break through with your word in Jesus' name. Amen. We use the, an acronym ARISE, and we started with the first one uh, that I said we should activate um, every day with God. In other words, when I wake up in the morning, I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, uh, sometimes I'll have a lot on my mind. Maybe what I need to do that day, or maybe what didn't work last, the day before, uh, or whatever it was, I have a lot of things on my mind, and it's very easy for me to just kick right into that and start thinking about it and planning that. And before you know it, your morning's gone, now you're rushing to get to work and, or do what needs to be done, and you've totally not stepped in to activate God's Holy Spirit in your life. Anybody with me on that? You know, those days can just fly away from you if you're not careful. You, 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 you know, again, you, you flip on the news. You, how, how many have got lost on your iPhone in the mornings? Mind you, you had good intentions. You were going to go to the Bible. But somehow those pop-ups seem to break out in front of your Bible and grab you. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you see one, and then another one, and then another one, and then another. Can I hear an amen on that? Anybody? It just happens, doesn't it? And pretty soon your time is gone. You look, oh, I got I to gotta rush. And now I rush off, or I say a very quick prayer, and, and then I rush off. Or, or I think that maybe praying on the way to work will do it. But if you're really praying, I do not want you driving. I don't want split focus, right? Double-mindedness. And so, so, yeah, can I pray when I drive? Of course. But please, to, to really step into this place that we're talking about with your Heavenly Father, you're not really going to do that if your prayer time is always in your car driving. As noble as it may sound. And, and so I, I, I want you to consider activating every single day. And then I gave us just three quick points. Uh, make it a part of your daily routine. Choose to do this every day. I'm going to do this every day. And, and, and as, uh, uh, as you move forward, you may miss a day, but just jump into it the next until you create a habit. It just takes, a, what, 30 days or several weeks to create a habit. And pretty soon now, every day, that's the first thing you do when you roll out of your bed. You hit, the, you hit the floor with your knees maybe and just spend a few minutes there. And I'm just suggesting just consider, say, take 15 minutes out of your day at the start of every day and, 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 uh, and, and just make it daily. And then I suggested that we would take and begin to write a prayer journal, have a notebook with you and begin to take some notes about what maybe what God's saying or what your prayer requests are or what you want to say, what you want to accomplish in God. And the third thing I said is you have to resist and renounce the devil. And then, and, and, uh, the reason I gave us for this is really, it's really important for us to understand this because a lot of people don't understand this. They kind of think, well, why do I have to resist the devil? I thought Jesus defeated him at the cross. How many, knows that, how many know that Jesus did defeat the devil at the cross? Yeah. How, how many also know he's still pretty active? 
He's really active. And, and, and as much as I know he's defeated, I also know he's active. And the scripture teaches us that. It says you are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers that are in the high places. And scripture says in the airwaves that he, he, he's, he's wreaking havoc there to mess your day up. And oftentimes we can end up having a, a bad day and all we do is consider it just natural. Oh, that's just the way it is. But what if we begin to really realize that there's an enemy out there that the Bible literally black and white says, the enemy is plotting against you. He's very active and, 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 and he's very active about that. And, and, and it says that in Psalms chapter 37 and verse 12. And, and I went over this last week, so I'm not gonna do it this week. Uh, the second reason that I think you need to resist the devil is because we have an accuser. He's there constantly wanting to run you down, tell you what you can't do, and tell you how bad you really are, and, and just to totally accuse you of everything. And the third thing I said is because the Bible says in John chapter 10, 10, that Satan wants to kill still and destroy your life. That's exactly what he wants to do. That's his pathway. That's his, that's his mission statement. And we have to understand that. And if you remember right, even Jesus himself, the Bible says that Jesus himself, as soon as he stepped into his ministry place, was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And it was there that the enemy did what? Came after him and tempted him. And what does the Bible say? That he had to resist him three times before he finally left. And then he said it was just for a while. So we're in this spiritual battle that if we can begin to wrap our head around, we first we recognize that Jesus is the conqueror. Amen. And I am more than a conqueror through Christ. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I don't have to fear this, but I need not be ignorant of it either. So that I can begin to move forward. I can clear the pathway. And I can begin to start my day clearing the pathway and open up the heavens over me so that my mind's not clouded and confused and, and going in circles and maybe being defeated and tripped up all day long. Only to where I get frustrated and I just step back and sit back and think, oh, this must be life. It's not life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life, what? More abundantly. Come on. Come on, isn't that what Jesus said? It was a very clear statement. And he said it on the heels of saying, but Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. But man, he came to give you life. And not just ordinary life, an extraordinary life. And he's rallying his church together to be that extraordinary church that the gates of hell stop prevailing against. And it's an exciting day that we live in. I think we're going to see it more than ever, uh, we, uh, than any other generation has ever seen. And, and when he says resist the devil, he also says you have to draw near to God. And that's what we're talking about, drawing near to him and, and, and making this real and not fooling ourselves. So that, that's uh, R is resist the devil. I, in Arise, is invite his presence his leading and his fullness. Invite them, just get up in the morning. And you know, I found this to be, uh, before I was saved, uh, I was starting to be, I was witness to at 18, first time I ever heard about Jesus. And that person prayed for me and witnessed to me about Jesus. 
And it took a couple years, but then finally I started talking to him. And it was amazing that when I began to actually talk to him, that he began to talk back to me. And so I don't know where you're at or what your struggle is or, you know, what that barrier is over you. But if you're hearing this morning, it is the principalities and powers, but you have the ability to break through those. But then you have to speak forth to your situation and your circumstance. If, you don't, if I don't understand something, guess what? Man, I say, God, I need your understanding. I need to hear what you have to say about this. What about this or that? And I remember beginning to ask him about salvation. I said, God, I don't get this. It just seems so silly and just so simple and so, you know, uh, just, just didn't, didn't connect. But you know something, when I began to ask him that, all of a sudden, it was like I can remember the day. It's just like that, that he tore the veil back and I was able to see what I couldn't see before. What I was trying to see with my natural eye, all of a sudden he revealed to me with my spiritual eye. And man, and I've never been the same since. I've never been the same ever since. And it's an amazing thing. He wants to do that. But even today I find that I need to get up and just invite his presence in. And we read some scriptures last week about that in Chronicles about how that is important and how that we, we do invite his presence. It's like anything, you know, people just don't barge into your house, right? You want to invite them in. And it's really, we do the same with God. And so I just want to encourage you, begin to learn to invite God, begin to speak to God, begin to talk to God. Um, and, we can, and you can move forward with him. You'll find he will answer you. This, the, the, the next letter is S, A-R-I-S. And the S stands for sacrifice. And this is where I want to spend just a few minutes because I'm finding out that it just seems like that word has been lost. It has been so lost. I mean, it's like, you know, sometimes you ask people to do some things and, and, and there are simple things and, you're, and it's like, wow, really? You know, you go to a store and ask somebody to do something and they look like, man, you just asked me to do the worst thing in the world. I'll be here all day. You know, it's just like, what? Well, where's the sacrifice at these days? You know, the Bible is actually filled with sacrifices from day one on. And just because we transitioned into the New Testament, the only sacrifice that doesn't need to be made again is Jesus, your, 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 your blood sacrifice. Jesus said he paid the whole price for your sin. He covered it all. But it didn't stop sacrifice. And, and, and we read the psalmist and we realize that David understood this. He understood this, and we'll see a few of his verses here in a minute. But I, I want to I just maybe challenge us all up. How is your sacrifice? How is your sacrifice? What do you do that hurts? <laughs> and really, the word sacrifice, if you, if you look it up, it just means that you're going to do something for somebody else and not yourself. You're going to set yourself aside. And when I think about this, I think, you know, isn't that exactly what Jesus did? And he, did, he made it so clear, didn't he? He says, ah, just, I didn't come. I just want you all to know I'm about to go to cross for you, but I didn't come to be served. Jesus, give us that heart. Give us that attitude today. Because see, if we don't have that heart, if I don't have that attitude, I won't sacrifice. I'll keep crawling off the altar. 
That's why even on the altar, there was these four horns. And on those horns, they would tie that animal to it while he was waiting to be slaughtered. And sometimes we're like that. You got to tie us to this thing. But he wants us to learn to sacrifice. See, it's not, it's not really, Christianity should have never turned to be about me and my needs and my earthly wants and, he, and all the things that are going to really burn in eternity. My, I should have never turned that. Somehow Christianity took this sweeping turn in, in maybe the efforts to try to maybe understand faith and maybe to try to begin to believe faith and to have faith, we turned it into something that it never was meant to be. And we quit sacrificing. It became a me, 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 my, my. This is what I have and this is what, I, what I'm getting. And, uh, and, and we've, we've seen the abuses of that. God's trying to turn that around. It's not about you, and it's not about even your comfort, if I could say that. If it was, Jesus would have modeled comfort. <laughs> but he didn't, did he? And he said to follow him. So if I'm following him, I can't expect to have this comfortable life. And I'm not saying there's not joy. I'm not saying there's not the greatest peace you'll ever experience in your journey. I'm not saying that you'll miss out on uh, all the, 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 even the pleasures of life, the good things of life. I'm not saying throw all that out. I think God does bless and, 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 and there's no doubt about it. But we have to make sure that our motivation's right and we're in a position of sacrificing so that everything that happens, and I'm going to read you a verse here in just a moment. But before I read it, it's found in Romans chapter 12. We're all very familiar with this verse, uh, I'm sure. But before we get to 12, we see chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11 of the book of Romans. We see it talking all about what Jesus did and all about the death and the burial and the resurrection of what he did. And now it's coming up to this point. And then if you have your Bibles, or uh, go ahead and turn to it in Romans chapter 12. And we'll pull some of these scriptures up. I don't know if I put this one on there. But it goes through all of these, these, these verses. And then in chapter 11, listen to the last part of it. I think this is actually up there. Yes, that one there. Listen to this. And I'm going to read the verses uh, here. Um, in verse 33, it says, Oh, the death. Remember, he just went through all this doctrinal stuff about his death and burial and resurrection and what it means to you. They were water baptized when they got to chapter 6. Okay? And it said what was going to happen there, new life, new name, new everything. Newness of life was going to happen uh, and, and raised up and so forth. And now he's getting down to this part. And he says, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. In other words, he's so enormous that our little peewee minds have a challenge trying to understand it. This is how big he is. If you think you've got a handle on God, you're wrong. He's just too big. That's why in the heavens, I think the angels are just continually saying, holy, 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 holy. They're just, they could, they could, when they saw what's really up there, they couldn't do anything else. I wonder sometimes how long we'll be there in that same position. Wow, God is so much different and so much more than what I could have imagined. And it will be, I guarantee for who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor, or who has first given to him, it shall be repaid to him. 
Now look at verse 36. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And when I read that, I just highlighted those uh, three phrases. Of him and through him and to him, all things are to him, to Jesus Christ. And you know, when I really realize that, when I really understand that, it should do something different inside of me when I come, say, in a setting like this to worship him, I should be a little bit different. How many would agree with that? I mean, something should stir up inside of me. Something should awaken inside of me to think, wow, this him, all him, everything to him has me given me the opportunity to worship him and he will come into this presence and he'll be here with us. That's when he then goes to chapter 12, verses one and two. I beseech you therefore, what's the therefore, therefore? Okay. I beseech you now, based on all of this and based on who he is, listen to this. Brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to this world, but present your bodies as a living sacrifice. For 4,000 years, the sacrifices were all killed. 4,000 years in a day, the sacrifice came that died on our behalf. And from that point forward, there were no longer the requirements of these animal sacrifices, which by the way, they did hundreds and thousands of them. This was not a pretty picture for them, but they had strayed so far from God that he had to establish a way to get them back. And the Bible says that all these things, 1 Corinthians 10, 11, all these things were, were, were taught to us from the old so that we could understand today. And so he's coming today now to bring a revelation to us and we need to collect that revelation. We need to hear from him. So what is the sacrifice? What is the sacrifice of the New Testament? I wanna just give you a few. I'm not sure that I would have time nor uh, maybe even a long enough list to go through all of them, but I picked out just a few so we could get a handle on maybe what this is about. If we're supposed to make a sacrifice, which I think we are, how do we do that? How do you do that? How do I do that? The first one I put down, number one, would be sacrifice of your words. Sacrifice of your words. And uh, I, I find today that it just seems like to, 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 to many that words mean nothing. What they say and how they say it just doesn't seem to mean much. Even though the creator gave us the ability to be a creator with our words. But yet we throw them out, we use them loosely, we, we kick the dog and curse, we do this. But listen to Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. It might be a sacrifice for us to maybe stop doing some things that the Holy Spirit prompts us. 
Because that's what you want. You want the Holy Spirit to touch you when you're getting out of alignment with his will and purpose. And he might say, hey, I need you to, you might say, well, that's just too hard. Well, yeah, it's a sacrifice, right? It's a sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share. And with such sacrifices, God is what, you guys? We say that real strong. God is what? He's well pleased with, with the fruit of my lips. And, and again, many people think that our words just don't matter, but they really do. Matter of fact, maybe they're impacting you more than you realize. Maybe you get up in the morning and you make some statements that you don't, shouldn't make. Or maybe throughout the day you're making statements you shouldn't make. Can I just be transparent since we're in church? And, and remember it says there's now therefore no condemnation. Don't judge me. No, I hate that word. Don't judge me. Anyway, I, I, here's my bad. Here's my bad. I'm going to have to change now that I'm telling you this. But I really uh, do not like the mask thing. Now, I know none of you realize that yet about me. But I, it just bothers me. And so I found myself saying that more than I should. You know, this is stupid, this is bad, this is dumb. And this is what happens. I'm just telling you, I'm just being honest with you. This is what happens. So I go to uh, Sam's Club, and I have my mask on, because they make you, but I only have it to here. Because if you have glasses, you can't wear those masks without them steaming up. And I just can't breathe. I can't breathe, you know? I'm thinking I'm going to die with this thing. And so I'm walking around feeling like I'm doing pretty good because I got the mask on. And, and then a guy over in front of me sees me and he jumps back like this and runs back like this and says, you got your mask, why is it on your nose? You know, and I, I was like, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I just said, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't cuss at him, okay, relax. <laughs> but I just said, you are being so extreme, you know, just like that. And I turned around and rolled my cart off and he cursed at me on the way away. <laughs> It's just, it was just, you know, so, but what happened is what I, what I realized, the Holy Spirit spoke to me because I went and tried to find him to apologize with it on my nose, of course, but I couldn't find him. But what, what happened was I kept saying that to myself and to others, and finally now I'm in a position, my words brought that. Does that make sense? That's how powerful your words are. Your, your, your talk, what you say to yourself and so forth is critical because whether you realize it or not, it's bringing either life or death to you. And so all of a sudden, it's just like, wow. I just realized the fruit of that. I was a little shocked at myself when I said that to him. <laughs> I didn't say it nicely either. <laughs> Nor did I pass it on a note or whisper it, unfortunately. But you hear what I'm saying. It's your words are important, and they do bring life or death, and, and it's important for us. So now I have to sacrifice, okay, what I really feel sometimes to not let that come out of my mouth and get rid of that feeling. I, I don't know if that's a sacrifice, and he says that's what he's well pleased with, with our sacrifices. The second thing is the sacrifice of your life. He's going further. He's really pushing you to the extreme now. Romans 12, 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, 
in view of God's mercy, because of all that Jesus had done for us through the sacrifice of himself on the cross, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice. So now he's wanting it all. You're not happy with just your lips. Now he wants you all. He's coming after you. To offer your bodies a living sacrifice. Thank God he doesn't want you to be dead. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So you're a living sacrifice. So your entire life is to be impacted by him. Eugene Peterson in the message translation puts this verse like this. Take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around your life and place it before God as an offering. First Peter 2.5, you're also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to do what? To offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. So he's calling on us to offer something up to him. Offer the fruit of our lips and our words. Offer our entire life. Thirdly, he says, I want to, you to sacrifice your treasure. I want to tr sacrifice your treasure. And I think this is something that, you know, many of us can find a stopping point at. But uh, generosity is, is the very character and nature of Jesus. And as his generosity nature comes out of us, Guess what we become? Stingy, right? The fruit of Jesus in your life is producing stinginess. No, it's producing generosity. Listen to Hebrews 13. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Well, he's pushing it a little bit further. He's saying, this is what's going to please God. How are you treating people and how are you sharing with people. In the book of Acts, it was, it was the first thing they began to do when they experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, they all became generous. They all began to care about people like they'd never cared about them before. And they began to do something about it. And we'll talk about that another time. So the sacrifice of your treasure. And again, we, we really do uh, need to be generous people. The fourth thing is the sacrifice of your love. The sacrifice of your love. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 16, same verse. Don't forget to do good and share with others. That's love. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. The fifth thing is the sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice of praise. So I can do it with my lips. I can do it with my whole body. I do it with my treasure, with what I have. I, I, I need to sacrifice with love. Sometimes there's people you're, that are unlovable that you need to learn to love. If you clearly don't love them in the process, maybe where you work, maybe your neighbor, maybe something. Uh, how many have ever had anybody that, that you really could say, I kind of don't love them? I know nobody wants to raise their hand, uh, but, but you know what I mean. There's a, <laughs> there's a few honest ones back there. Uh, that, you know, that you just like, you want to avoid them and so forth. Now, I'm not, uh, I'm not a, a person that believes that you're going to have to be friends with everybody, but you have to love everybody enough to get to heaven. Come on. And again, you may not end up being their best friends, and that's okay. You don't, they don't need to be your BFF. But please, don't carry an attitude against them. And there'll be off, often opportunities in the workplace and the neighbors and so forth for this to happen. But I want to be a loving person. And the, the sacrifice of praise, of course, I think is important. 
Hebrews 13, 15, therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Psalms 107, verse 21 and 22, let them sacrifice thanksgiving and tell of his works with songs of joy. Wow. Psalms uh, 141, 2. Let my prayer be set before you as incense and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Let me just say this about worship. You may not always feel like you want to worship today, but if you'll learn to break past that, and, and, and again, it's just getting out of yourself, isn't it? I'm not bigger than God. He's bigger than me. So if I don't feel like worshiping him, should I go with him or me? I should go with him, right? And we push ourselves back. That's a sacrifice. And it's literally will begin to kill something off inside of you that needs to probably die. And you just saturate yourself in his presence. And he calls our worship and praise a sacrifice in many, many places. And so, so how are you doing with your sacrifice? How are you doing with your sacrifice? When was the last time you can remember getting into a situation where you had to sacrifice for somebody. You had to sacrifice something about yourself. You had to do something that really maybe hurt a little bit. It wasn't the most enjoyable. Because we are not to be uh, far from sacrifice. And there's so much in the scriptures about it for us. So that's, that's, that's letter S. The last letter which we'll close with this morning is the letter E. A-R-I-S-E, arise, is to engage. To engage and I said this last week but I just want to expound on it just a little bit this morning uh, engage how are you engaging in your everyday walk with God how important if I could just really put put it blatantly how important is God in your daily walk is he just a stop at prayer time God is he a morning time God? Is he an evening God? Is he, you know, a meal God? You know, what is he to us? This is important for us to understand this because once we learn how to make him a full-time God, more important than anybody else or anything else, once we learn to do that, your life will change. Things will begin to be different for you. You'll walk out the will of God. You'll, you'll find that what, what he said in Matthew chapter 6, 33 uh, was absolutely true. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. And he was talking about all the things that you probably spend a lot of time trying to get. Okay. Food and clothes and raiment and housing and all that. All these things will be added to you if you focus on him first. And it's just a hard thing to do. But that's what he's calling us to do. How engaged am I? I gave you these three things, with our time, with our talent, and with our treasure. With our time, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16 says this to us. says this to us. Make the best use of the time because the days are evil. You know what he's saying? He's saying things are really going to get ugly. And the uglier it gets, the better you need to learn how to use your time. And that would include including him in it to where he is a part of your time. I believe he wants to clear the way for you more than you realize. I believe he wants to, do, he, he wants to remove obstacles more than we realize. I believe he wants to, to make a way for us much more than we realize. 
but we keep staying halfway in and halfway out, right? We're going to solve this ourselves, or we're going to call on God. We usually try to solve it ourselves, then we try to call on God, right? And, and he's wanting to change that because he cares about you, but he's talking about your time. How's your time doing? And then the talent. Jesus taught us that we must use our talents wisely. Now let me just bring this right down to maybe as earth as I can get it for you. However you're made, whatever skills, talents, and abilities that you have, naturally speaking, we're not talking about spiritual gifts right now. I believe talents are a different thing. Whatever he's given you, whatever he's given you, how are you focused and intentionally saying, God, how do you want to use that for the kingdom? You, you gave me the ability to, uh, uh, to, to, uh, to dance. Chelsea's a dancer. My daughter's a dancer, a beautiful dancer. And you know what? She does that for a living, but you know something? She uses that for ministry all the time. Intentionally so. She's intentionally put that in her schedule. It's not, a, it's not an afterthought. It's not a, well, when I get, if I have time, if, I'm, if I have time after I work, then I'll do that. How many have ever found out that there's really never enough time if you wait till then? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, there's just not, there's not a time. So putting it intentional, making it intentional, what kind of a skill and ability has God given you? And it's the same thing, you know, Sawyer. Let's just pick on Sawyer for a minute. He's easy to pick on. Sawyer can organize things really well. He can just rally things together and pull them together. And just got this little easy knack. It drives me nuts, but he does. Okay? And he's able to just pull stuff together. And the other day, and, and we just jump ahead here just a second. The other day I asked him uh, last week, I said, hey, we really, uh, really have a burden to feed the needy. And I know he has that heart too, both he and Kat. And, and actually Kat's the same way. They both just jump in and serve like crazy. Uh, uh, in the midst of their very crazy schedules. <laughs> um, but, but I said, hey, we want to try to help feed the poor through this time that it's really hard because there's a lot of organizations that are not able to do it and aren't supplying, and we have the resource, and so we want to do that. I said, how about you connect with the inner city pastor that we have relationship with, Pastor Dave Hopkins, Full Faith City Church, uh, uh, and, and see what the need would be for food and if he has a pantry and what that looks like. Boom, he jumps right on and says, I'll do it. Didn't even have to think twice, but yeah, I'll do it. And then he had another idea to throw in top of it to make more work, but he's gonna do it, the work. <laughs> and so, so we rallied together, okay? A family in the church gave a, a, a substantial gift toward feeding the poor as we were talking about it. We were just kind of batting it back and forth. And so we got this substantial gift and so we went to, he went to work on it and got a hold of David, Pastor David, and so forth. Do we have those pictures? This is the church, the Full Faith City Church. Uh, it's, it's over by Troost. And uh, Sawyer rallied, I think, maybe Kat and maybe his family, too. He's finagling them all into this. And he, uh, and he uh, challenged them to help them. And they went and picked up some food and filled up the pantry. Will you grab that microphone and come here, uh, Sawyer, real quick? You sent me a text, and I just want you to just say what you said in that text. Turn it on at the bottom. Hello? Can you fix him up? Hello? Tell him what you said about the guy that came by. Yeah, so it, it was really neat. Um, when we were there, and we were moving everything in, and uh, you know, restocking their pantries, and then we're actually going to do uh, 
something else soon for their clothing need as well because uh, they're connected with the homeless shelter a couple blocks away and they said they really need socks and t-shirts especially and some other clothing items coming up you know because it's coming up on winter um, but while we were there uh, a homeless individual uh, actually approached I believe it was Kat when uh, we were getting ready to head out because we just moved everything in and um, he asked about the church and um, you know we were able to say well here's Pastor Dave right here and so uh, we directed him over to him and we were able to get into this conversation and he said he had been going uh, to different churches and asking if they had any meals or any food that they could give him and he said that no place had been able to offer him anything yet and so it was really neat that we had just moved in all of this food and Dave Hopkins there goes yeah, I'm sure we could throw something together for you. And he starts asking him all these questions like, do you have a means to cook this? And you know, all these other questions that I wouldn't have thought about. And uh, he and the, everyone else there was able to throw together uh, a kind of makeshift lunch and uh, you know, just get this guy set for a meal or two. And uh, he started asking about their services and uh, said he was on his way to Denver, Colorado and everything, but uh, that he, would, uh, he was just asking a lot of questions about the church. And it was really neat to me that um, they don't have a large church there and it's we were talking and they said maybe seven to ten people will show up on on a Sunday morning and but it's there it's not the size of their church on Sunday morning it's the impact they have in the community and that's what they really prioritize and I just find it incredible how a church of seven to ten people on a Sunday can have hundreds of people come for a Thanksgiving uh, dinner how they can have, you know, deliver baskets of, of gifts and food and everything to an entire neighborhood and how they can just have this enormous impact when they have such a small staff, their hearts are so big and just their, their way that they're engaging, as Pastor was saying, is just enormous that God is using this small group of people um, to just make such an impact in this community. And that's why I love how we're able to partner with them because we have the means, we have the provisions and they have the, the, the heart and the passion and the location. Uh, it, you know, Pastor Dave has so many connections to be able to be in that area. And so they're so deeply rooted in that community and we're able to partner with them and help them have the means to make that difference. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. And, and just a small way, but that's just using a talent. And, 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 and you know, we're, we're going to try to, for the next several weeks, just keep that pantry filled. And so we want to do that. And uh, it was out of his ability to step in and do it that made it possible. And really, Dave down there is doing a fantastic job. They, they pastor a homeless church down there not far from their church. They're sharing the gospel, they're reaching people and so forth. And he just asked, you know, well, you know, I get a lot of requests for socks and uh, t-shirts and, and blankets. And we don't want to do a complete clothes drive right now, but if, if you want to do something about, if you have a bunch of socks and stuff that you don't wear uh, uh, and t-shirts and blankets, then uh, just connect with Sawyer and he'll organize with it to get this over to them and then we're going to continually do that. And you can go online when it comes to uh, which is the last one, is your treasure, your treasure, tithe and offering, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And, 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 and uh, 
I just think this church has been uh, majorly generous. And as we continue to do that, God, I believe, will open the windows of heaven even during drought time so that we can be blessed to do what? Be a blessing. We want to be a blessing. It's always to be a blessing. It's never just a hoard for yourself. And we are comfortable. We got air conditioning here. We got nice seats here. We got the best hand sanitizer in Overland Park. You'll never get sick with it. But God wants to bless us to be a blessing. And so actually online, you know, and, and uh, for those of you that are actually watching online, that have been uh, really giving online, learning how to do that, there's a lot of tries, fails, tries, fails. <laughs> then they finally get through. <laughs> and then they're actually mailing stuff in. Did you guys know that the mail still works? Snail mail, you still get mail. Okay. Uh, anyway, but thank you for mailing those in and then... Uh, giving online, and then we have the boxes back there uh, for giving also. Uh, but be faithful and sacrifice with your time, your talent, and your treasure. And, and because really, our whole life is called to be a steward and a manager, not an owner. Never called an owner in Scripture. So it's actually he bought your life. He paid such a high price for your life that you're not even your own. And man, when we really let that lock in while we're here on planet Earth, because that's when it'll count, not when you get to heaven. But if you really let that lock in when you're on planet Earth, I tell you what, you'll be on the ride of your life. It'll be amazing. It'll be totally amazing. And, uh, and that's what God wants for us. Let me just close this morning with reading this verse here out of Esther. Uh, chapter 4 and verse 14. <clears throat> For if you remain silent at this time, liberation and rescue will arise for the Jews from another place. And you and your father's house will perish since you did not help when you had a chance. And, you know, I think about that all the time. Sometimes I think, you know, and even for my own life, sometimes, you know, when I get busy doing stuff, you know, too much stuff for myself, I think, you know something? there's opportunity ends when you die to make a difference that's going to be really important from God's perspective when God looks down here he says hey I need you now to let this seek, seeking first the kingdom be important I need it now I, I won't need it in heaven you know none of that but I need it now and I just think God's rallying his people now. We see the tumult that's going on around us. Now he needs us. Now he needs us. For if you remain silent at this time, liberation and rescue will arrive from the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish since you did not help when you had the chance. And who knows, and this is exciting, whether you have attained royalty for such a time as this and for this very time. Purpose. Would you just bow your heads for just a moment? I, 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 the Arise is just simply an, an acronym to help us maybe to remember, to activate, resist the devil, invite the Lord in in a fresh way, is leading his presence, uh, to sacrifice and then to engage like we've never engaged before. And, and God transformed me this morning just ask the Holy Spirit that. Lord, transform me this morning. We just heard a few powerful scriptures out of his word. And no matter how young or how old you are right now, don't ever lose 
<laughs> your press. I'm going to press in. I'm going to give it all for him. I'm going to go to the grave giving it all for him, no matter what it hurts, no matter what it takes. I'm not going to let anything slow me down. So, Father, this morning, I, I pray as we've just gone through, Lord, your, 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 your word, that you would begin to stir something up in each one of us. You would begin, Lord God, to open our eyes like never before. You have such a passion to do like you did with Adam and Eve in the garden and just walk with us and just to talk with us and just to be with us and to lead us and guide us and be the father that we've never had. It's amazing father that was with us continually and always there and always available and always ready to do, Lord, even abundantly above what we can ask or even think. And God, I pray today, Lord, we just be... Uh, Lord, moved into action and transformation by your word today. Just whisper to the Lord right now. And just tell him you, you want to you want to be here for such a time as this. You want to fulfill the high call of God in Christ Jesus. You don't want to waste another day, another minute. It's really not that hard. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just come upon each one of us now. Stir us up in the name of Jesus. Amen.